Look, if you're going to roll dice, you're going to need precision. AwesomeDice.com has sharp edge dice for a fraction of the price of other such precision dice sellers. Chill out, my man. Oh, hello, Bard. Please, share your bardic inspiration about dice. Yeah, I've got bardic inspiration dice. Is this totally mellow cannabis-themed set with smoky interior? Exclusively available at awesomedice.com. I see. Well, precision, bardic inspiration, or one of countless other unique dice sets. It seems you can get it all at the most awesome dice company on the internet, awesomedice.com. And don't forget to let him know the Tome Show sent you, dudes. Welcome to the D&D Roundtable. Where we chat with some of the most interesting folks in the tabletop role-playing world. I'm Jenny Loveday. And I'm Paige Lightman. And we're your host for the show. Hello, and welcome to the D&D Roundtable, where we're a mess, and everything's going to be great. Um, it's been a little while, but we are excited to be back, and today's guest is the uh, amazing Mistress of Maps herself, Devin Rue. I'm going to let Devin introduce herself a little bit, uh, and then we'll get to our get-to-know-you question, and this is just going to be an episode full of laughter, okay? I'm just going to warn you up front. If you don't like laughter, just tune out. <laughs> Come back next time when there's something a little less hilarity going on. Uh, my name is Devin Rue. You can find me all over the internet by that name. Um, most people know me from Critical Role, Beetle and Grimm, Wizards of the Coast. And um, very, I'm, I'm the mistress of maps. So if you don't know me, I'm sorry. If you, And I'm sorry for the rest of the podcast, too, for that matter. Because you're going to be really confused. If you do know who I am, then I shouldn't have had to introduce myself. That's very valid. That's generally how introductions <laughs> work. Right. <laughs> All right. So for our get to know you question today, um, we want to know what is your favorite spell and why? It can be from any tabletop RPG. And rather than putting you on the spot first, I want to start with Paige. So mine is a two-way tie. Okay. Uh, so my first favorite spell is 3.5 Glitter Dust. Because All right. it was dummy busted. Uh, <laughs> you cast a cloud of golden glitter and it had like a really effective range and a pretty large area. Yeah, range is 100 feet plus 10 feet per level. Uh, the area is anything in a 10 foot radius spread. And it negates invisibility because you're now covered with golden dust. And then it blinds you uh, oh, for <laughs> one round plus one round per level. Uh, and it's a will save against. And you know who's not good at will saves in third edition? Big Everybody? beefy boys. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, if it's the clerics and the, the wizards, they do okay. But uh, like big fighters and barbarians and rangers not real good at will saves and you could just ruin someone's day with glitter dust so a whole crowd of angry henchmen goes down yes yes the I other do, i don't know why they didn't keep that one huh. yeah no i'm like i was sad to see it go but not not real sad 
Uh, and the <laughs> other spell that uh, is is my favorite winner is actually from Shadow of the Demon Lord. I know this it, one then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's called Hateful Defecation. And uh, basically it causes someone to shit themselves to death. Please Which tell I, me you say it that way every time you cast it. No, usually I, oh. I stand up and yell, Die shitting! Which I, is just good. I don't know if you yeah, I was going to say this just is good. Laughing downstairs when he is cracking up because <laughs> he knows exactly what's going on. What I really need to know, though, is what does Rob Schwab do when he casts that spell? Uh, I don't know. I think it's something pretty much equivalent to die shitting. Anyhow, it's super metal. <laughs> Shadow of the Demon Lord is super metal. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I played last night for the first time. Um, oh, good stuff. All right, uh, so Devin, uh, you've heard pages. So, what are your favorite spell spell I don't, spells? I don't. I. I mean, that's. All. I mean, I mostly play druid, so I have a ridiculously long choice, a uh, list of choices. Yeah. So I'm just gonna go with what I use most, which is probably guiding bolt. Just Fabulous simply spell. because great spell though. Fabulous. And spell. yeah, and and it does a lot of damage. And because right now I'm playing a letter genasi, so it's fantastic to use. Mm -hmm. um, on other pirates and on ships. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty and, good shipboard cannon. Yeah, and it's and it's oh. be beautiful. It's got great mechanics, and you have the added bonus of not only fucking shit up, but like, hey, ally, you also get some help. Right, yeah. exactly. So, and I also like shatter. I think shatter is probably one Shatter's of my other great. favorite Shatter's spells. Upstate. Shatter is great. Yeah. Oh, you didn't want me to collapse your dungeon? Well, shit. Oh, too late for that. <laughs> Should have said something before I picked this character. Should have built redundancies. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> mine, um, and I, I actually changed this after I thought about it in our pre-recording. Um, so, but it's it's related still. Um, so mine is going to be Meteor Swarm because fuck everyone oh. in this general area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is not, uh, this is more like to whom it may concern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was going to say Fireball, right? But these are both related. Yeah, Because yeah. my general philosophy is that there are very few problems that cannot be solved via the proper application of fire. Rather, that is a large explosive orb or by, you know, burning a little hole in the door so that we can unlock it from the inside. You know, whatever it is. Or um, a little bit of fire just to intimidate someone to uh, tell you what you need to know, even though we know torture doesn't really work. But it does in D&D. &D. Depends on your DM. <laughs> it, so it was funny. It, like, somebody had pointed out that Firebolt is fuck you. Fireball is fuck y'all. <laughs> Meteor Swarm is fuck everyone. Fuck you. Fuck this planet. Fuck the building. Fuck the horses you came in on. Yeah. I remember <laughs> the, uh, uh, let's see. That wasn't the first time I got to cast it in 5th edition, but the, the first time I got to cast it with people who weren't my regular home group, we were playing through uh, Storm King Thunder. Was it Eye of Zifu or the other one, Mysterious Isle? I don't remember. Anyways, the one where you go into the coral cave and they're a cultist. Um, I think that's Zifu. Yeah, one of the one half of that two part. Yeah. Um, but um, I didn't really let the DM finish the box text before I meteor swarm the whole room. Not really, real <laughs> not not realizing that we needed to save people in that room. And I was like, all right, well, on to objective two since we failed that. <laughs> Sometimes that's just how it is. 
right? I do like that you're like, well, um, that problem's solved. Let's move on. <laughs> Nothing to worry about here. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> but yeah. Um, all right. Well, so we're just going to get right into it. Um, so, you know, obviously, as you are the mistress of maps, um, what some people are going to want to know, what our viewers are going to want to know um, is about you. Um, we'll start with kind of, you know, like, take it back to the beginning. When did you first get into art and into cartography in particular? Uh, this is actually a two-part answer mm -hmm. because I got into, well, I started playing D&D when I was about 14 and the first map I drew was somewhere shortly thereafter. And it was really horrible. It was just like a circle and then a bunch of dots leading to another circle. And then like a bunch of dots going westward towards a box. I think that was supposed to be a town. Because we were, we were having that infamous argument of like, where the fuck are we? And where were we supposed to go? And, and where, so is this quest closer to us than this right? quest? Do we go over here first and then back to this one? Do we like, so we were kind of having that argument. So we drew like a, our, I drew a really horrible diagram of our progression so far. And the DM's like, leans over, he's like, can I borrow that? And I'm like, sure. You know, um, but it actually sparked a question of, you know, like how uh, maps are created and and how they got started. And um, when I went back to school, I asked one of my earth science teachers a ton of ridiculous questions, which made him way too happy to answer <laughs> and give me a ton of books to read and started my love of learning earth sciences. Oh, so you took like uh, uh, classes for GIS, basically? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, as much as high school and mm -hmm. and um, uh, lower college allows, mm -hmm. you know, because um, it's high school cl uh, college classes allowed in high school is the closest sure. we get for that. Ah, yes. Yeah. Um, life oddly took me in a different, totally different direction than doing art full time, which who knew? Right. Um, also, can't pay bills. <laughs> I guess I gotta get a job. <laughs> Um, oh, being an adult is the worst. Yeah, but I kept drawing maps for, because I still played D&D, so I kept drawing maps for that. And um, oddly enough, when I started actually wanting to do art as a full-time career, because I was um, traveling a lot and um, seeing the, traveling across the U.S. and having a lot of fun just living in an RV, I was like, oh, I'll start doing artwork again and have fun with it. And I made a map of Skyrim. Ooh. because the map that came with the game looked nothing like what you saw as the maps in the game. And I was like, this is horrible. And so <laughs> I made a prop map and I shared it on the internet and everyone's like, oh, can you make me one? And I was like, no, it's copyrighted. <laughs> Damn it. Uh -huh. You know? And so everyone. Not started. that Bethesda is super careful about not plagiarizing other oh, people's wait. stuff. Yes. <laughs> Paige, Paige has a really good story about that. If you're not aware, I'm not aware. Okay. Uh, so Ben and I wrote an adventure uh, a few years back, and it sold incredibly well. Sold. Inc mm. It still sells incredibly well. And it's just a dumb fetch quest. And we were disappointed that it was just a dumb fetch quest, but by God, we did our best with it. And it turned <laughs> out pretty good. Turned out all right. And uh, 
then Bethesda says we're going to we're going to show you a fifth edition adventure written in it for elsewhere. They uh. totally pirated our adventure. Paige made a slideshow with side by side comparisons and like so it wasn't like Bethesda Bethesda it was like someone in Bethesda Europe or whatever yeah yeah um who thought they would totally get away with this yeah oh jeez I actually like, remember seeing that. Yeah, yeah, I was so mad that I when when I'm mad enough to start making PowerPoint presentations. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to argue, especially in nerd culture, that is the way to do it, though. Yes, yes. we will actually pay attention to that. Yes, uh, I just my- like that your PowerPoint made it into all of the articles that people started writing about it. <laughs> Yeah, I was pretty hot. I was pretty angry. So whenever Bethesda comes up and copyright and whatever, I am contractually obligated to go through that story. (laughs) But but anyway, so you couldn't make Skyrim maps because you won't copy Bethesda. Right. Um, And oddly enough, if if you want to work for a company, don't use their IP without their uh, consent. Yeah. 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 So... um, but I had a bunch of, uh, you know, and of course everyone's like, oh, can you make this one from Zelda or this one from D&D? And I'm like, no, they're copyrighted. Like and I then, can make them and I can keep them in my own house. Right. For I myself. Make, <laughs> I make them for me, if that counts, but I can't sell them to you. Yeah. Uh, and then I had someone like, can you make one of my homebrewed world? And I was like, yes, that I can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I started creating them. And it was funny because of all the art that I've done in my life, I honestly did not think maps was going to be the thing to follow. <laughs> okay. If you yeah. had told 14-year-old Devin. <laughs> right. She would have been like, maps? What? Really? Like, And not even like battle maps, which you draw the most of in D&D. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. Uh, but it's hilarious because now when I look back on it, I was like, well, I took earth science classes. Uh, I took landscape architecture and design. You were preparing yourself for this. Yeah, I had no idea. My father uh, was an arborist. So this is actually oh, the reason I took landscape and design. Yeah, sure, sure. So I was like, oh, you know, still didn't go into the family business, but sure. But I took it anyhow. It was interesting. So yeah, and it just sort of led into that, and we are where we are now. And now it's now. Yeah, and now I'm the mistress of maps, and have my stuff published with Wizards of the Coast, and on a major D and D show, and it's really strange. Yeah, I, 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 I was gonna say I could imagine, but no, I can't imagine. I couldn't either before it happened. I was like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. I mean, so- it's. It- it is kind of odd that no matter what it is that the person we're talking to gets into, it's, I kind of got here on accident. Literally everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> if it has to do with D&D, then yes, because there's, nobody ever goes, when I grow up, I'm going to work in Dungeons and Dragons, because we don't think that that's a thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a very small, small number of people whose parents were like, in the in the beginning who thought that but like that number is in the that numbers in the i can count them on my fingers right and and i mean we think that we can get into game design but we don't think that we'll get into like this yeah you Uh know so when you talk about you know especially when other people ask me like getting into this industry i'm like 
what we what we think we're getting into and what we actually end up into are two very different things. Yep. Oh yeah. And so when you're actually on the other side of it, on the one that is less likely to happen, it is strangely bizarre because I shouldn't somehow I get paid to just doodle maps all fucking day long. And that's like, mind blowing. Hashtag <laughs> living the dream. Right. You know, so I, you know, I realized mine is the exception to it. So I always feel bad when someone's like, how'd you do this? Oh, wish I knew. <laughs> yeah. A lot. Well, I mean, a lot of work because it's like, a lot of drawing every day, but. You're like, I was in the right place at the right time or the well, wrong place see, at the wrong time. See, I never want to say. Right time. I never want to say that either because that implies that there wasn't a lot of time and skill and practice yeah. involved. Right. And there was a lot. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I had so. the, I had the skills, and then was in the right place at the right time. Yes, yeah. I just happened so, to. Uh, how did How did you tra transition from working uh, a job. more traditional job into being full time cartographer? Like, what was that? What was that process like? <laughs> Other than terrifying, I'm sure. Yeah. Actually, it really wasn't. Oh, um, okay. oh. well, that's interesting. So, in my previous life, uh, I used to be an efficiency manager. What is an efficiency manager? An efficiency manager is somebody that essentially goes in and helps companies um, create the most effective and productive way uh, to make whatever their product is, as well as to create an environment that employees would like to stay at mm -hmm. and... Um, Despite how the movies portray us as going in and just firing a bunch of people, which is just weird. Um, unfortunately, uh, a lot of companies, especially if they're fast growing, um, end up making a lot of production mistakes. And so mm -hmm. people like me come in, we do a, an evaluation from top to bottom and tell you, like, this is where your company is losing profits or not working or why your mm -hmm. employees are unhappy. Um, and I did this for tiny, tiny companies uh, all the way up into multi-billion dollar a year companies. Mm -hmm. um, I would like that job. Uh, you I, can get I, it, Jenny. Let me tell you, I loved doing what I did. Um, it's, 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 it's kind of what I do, but on a bit larger scale. Uh, it does. The only problem is it's a high stress job. Oh, mm -hmm. It's a lot of travel. Um, right. And you got to go out to the site of every company in the world. Yeah. And uh, we usually go out with a team, which is awesome. And the hilarious thing is we occasionally get to go undercover, which is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> Every once in a while, you get a really crappy job where you have to like, really? I got to go into retail. All right. This is, I get paid this much money to go into retail. I'm fine. We're good. All right. <laughs> I can do this, you know, psych yourself out. Um, but um, so because I did that for 10 years, um, I finally, I unfortunately, um, I have primary immune disorder. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of traveling, a lot of stress. My doctors were like, you can't keep doing this. You're constantly sick. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that would do it. Yeah. So I started, I was like, oh, I could telecommute. Yeah, it doesn't work. No. And I was like, well, I mean, I I create art. It still sells. I've been selling it since I was a teenager. I just never did it full time. Mm -hmm. 
And then um, I met this amazing woman who I absolutely fell in love with, drove mm-hmm. across country to be with her, which is, that was the terrifying part. What romantic. Yeah, well, I hope so. <laughs> um, I mean, she married me, so yay. Uh, so, so I guess it worked then, right? Yeah, it did. Yay. Um, but we started, um, because we love to travel so much, we actually got an RV. And I was like, perfect, because... I can do art and we can travel and this will be fantastic. And so that's basically what I started doing. And it took off on its own. Mm-hmm. Now as an efficiency manager, um, it is one of the reasons why it took off so well, so easily and managed by one person until now. Mm-hmm. Now, now it's three. <laughs> <laughs> one of them is my wife though. So she's very part-time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny. I've talked to so many people who are full-time creators in the D&D sphere, and so many so many of them have a spouse or partner with <laughs> a a job with benefits. Uh oh, my wife is retired. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Um so when we when we first got together, unfortunately, like I said, um my immune disorder decided it was going to be some of the worst I would get to experience. Uh, so for almost five years, I couldn't work mm-hmm. and um, she fully supported us. So it's like, well, the moment that I have the ability for you not to have to work like that, we'll do it. And so yeah. roughly two years ago, um, I was making enough with what I'm doing that she didn't have to work a full retail job. So now she oh, works out of home with great. me. Oh, that's great. Yeah. A good partnership you have. Yeah, it is. Yes. And she does all of the, all of the, like, cause we have a laser um, cutter. So she does all the engraving and stuff like mm. that for me because um, I'm not allowed to be around it. And blind people <laughs> shouldn't play with, heavy machinery and stuff so that seems wise <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah that's a good division of labor in the house yes, thank yeah. you thank you very equitable very equitable I, that checks out yep oh <laughs> uh, yeah well i mean that's a i mean that's a i don't know it's, it's a really touching and moving origin story oh yeah. thank you <laughs> <laughs> um so you have a lot going on uh that's that's a, a bit of an understatement. A wee uh, bit. Yeah. Uh, including, like, uh, you do collaborations sometimes, and you do projects for big name companies and everything. Like, how do you decide, like, what to do and then subsequently, like, what to put up on your website, which also has a lot going on? Yeah. yeah. From, like, tea to coins to uh, the, the roll-up uh, kind of placemat battle mat dice holder thingy <laughs> like plus you know every map in the world and yeah. uh yeah um a lot of that comes from um one because you know it, being an, an efficiency manager and realizing how marketing works and everything else made this infinitely easier to go i'm just gonna whatever i can personally do and sell should be on my website what mm-hmm. I can't do and others or others can do better, I should collaborate with. Okay. So, and uh, a perfect example is like um, um, found familiar coffee. Mm-hmm. Right. Because everyone's like, really? How does that work? 
how do you go from maps to being on a coffee, you know, having your own blend? Um, it's just fun. Um, mm -hmm. I love telling everyone that we have a very emotional uh, industry. Mm -hmm. We do. 100%. Yeah. Oh God, yes. Yeah, this is all an extremely personal hobby or business or whatever. All of us are emotionally invested in what we do. Just go on Twitter. You'll find right. it real quick. <laughs> right. There's yeah, a lot of emotion. A lot of emotion. Not all of it is good, but there's yeah. a lot of emotion. <laughs> exactly. And there, we're all apparently ready to just put it on the internet, too, regardless of it being our own posts or not. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So when I um, I find something or it happens one of two ways. Either I, I find somebody who does something really unique and fun that I really, really want to like push out there and have other people like join in the fun with me. So if I can, I can collaborate with them. If not, I just shill their, their stuff as well. Like here, luck, you really want to just buy from them. Mm -hmm. um, but I like being able to collaborate because then it's just a, a fun little fantastic talking point. Mm -hmm. And um, my favorite complaint that has ever been um, stated about me was somebody said, I absolutely fucking hate her name. I can't escape it. <laughs> That's yes. awesome. That's yes. marketing. Yeah. <laughs> You're I like, like, I have succeeded. I am everywhere. I am omnipresent. <laughs> Fear <laughs> me. <laughs> I am the big baddie of this story. Oh, um <laughs> And 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 honestly though, like in the world of tabletop RPG maps, I mean you kind of are. The names that you hear over and over again are Devin Rue and Dyson Logos. And Devin Jared Blando and Mike Schley. Yeah. And Mike yes. Schley. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Let's not forget Mike Schley. Oh, oh yeah, no, and and I love uh, all of them. I love when someone like I'll share some of their work or anyone's really, um, and I will get. Oh my god, aren't you worried about you know competing? I was like, no. There, there <laughs> are there are enough jobs to go around. Right. I I would love I love the idea that somebody thinks that I could make every map for everybody on the planet, but that's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you only have so many hours in the day, and we haven't figured out how to resurrect the time turners. I'm working on that. It's just not going well. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. You and I need to continue talking, though, because I definitely need that. All <laughs> oh, start games we'll start. until everybody has one. Hey, hey, I know how to market it well enough that not everybody will have one. Fair enough. <laughs> And there's enough. enough conspiracy theorists out there to not worry about everybody having one. Yeah, also they'll, true. They'll yeah. think we're very efficient. Yes. I mean, little do you all know that I've already mastered this, and that's why everyone thinks I'm very efficient <laughs> and have a whole lot going on. Meanwhile, there's one of me just, like, hanging out in, you know, I don't know, Southern California, sipping a... I don't actually drink, so I can't think of a good drink. Mimosa. <laughs> Mimosas are always good. There you yeah. go. Perfect. I was going to go with a Mai Tai because you can get a really nice uh, non-alcoholic Mai Tai. You still oh, get all the flavors. True. True. Right. Yep. I'll yeah, go it's, with hard, that. it's hard to replicate mimosa without the champagne. <laughs> you can get non-alcoholic champagne. This oh. is true. Yeah, I suppose yeah. I suppose you can get non-alcoholic every kind of liquor at this point. Yeah, pretty much. It's just to well, it's not taste. liquor anymore if it's non-alcoholic. Well, I mean, just to imitate. <laughs> yeah, the taste so that you can have the drink. Yeah, right. Um, so, although I don't know that I want non-alcoholic vodka. We can just <laughs> right. 
I don't. I, <laughs> if I need, if I want non-alcoholic vodka, I'll just use rubbing alcohol. Right. I mean, who get a big sniff of it? Yep. Um, yeah. So let's talk about maps. How, okay. how, how tell us about the process. Oh, how God. do you go from like a blank page or a blank screen to a finished map? What what happens in between there in general terms, of course? So do you want the the boring science part or do you want the the fun fantastical part? Um, I kind of boring science I want, part. I want the boring science. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay. We'll that. start with that one. Yeah. Um, most people, if, if, if it's a map that someone else has given me, then obviously I can work off of whatever they've created. But most mm -hmm. of those, I mean, I still have to, I edit to a degree. Um, I need to preface this with everyone out there who would, who loves to tell me like uh, a river doesn't flow down both sides of a mountain or whatever strange other things that they think. This isn't true. Rivers only follow gravity. It doesn't care if there's another river on the other side of the mountain and suddenly goes, oh shit, I can't go down this side. Continental uh, divide, man. Right. Um, there's so many fantastic and amazing instances on our own planet, much less other things that we know about other planets that prove that a lot of things that we think of as basic earth science that were taught in high school is a general blanket statement. It also, is not absolute. Also, it's fantasy world, so... Yes. I mean, so the other part of this argument is we already see the, um, the repercussions our planet has with us uh, uh, with electricity and um, radio waves and microwaves and radiation, you know, all of these things that we're constantly bombarding our own planet with, we actually see um, repercussions of that. Whether it's our weather, whether it's seismic activity, um, whether it's uh, animal migration or a dying of a species, we see this every day. Now imagine. There's a few, oh, I don't know, million people out there who can just chain, uh, you know, uh, call down lightning at random. Tell physics to sit down and shut up. Exactly. There is no, we, one, we have no way of knowing what that would do to our own planet, much less another one. And secondly, who fucking cares? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Jesus. You know, I love people, but seriously, who cares? If you have to go on someone else's, uh, you know, post or whatever and like type in how what you think is wrong, scale or whatever, I hate to break this to you. But if you draw a map where you can see both sides of a continent, there is no way to draw it to scale and have anything that you can tell what the fuck it is. In detail, it's impossible. Not only that, if your world is curved, not flat, then right, then the actual shape of the terrain right. is a mystery, even though you have a map. Yeah, exactly. So all maps, every map that we see is representational, even in the real world. So it's definitely like that in fantasy. Y'all need to just stop. <laughs> Africa is a lot bigger than people think it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, a, a lot. Depending on which map that you were taught in school. Yeah. Market or production like everyone has. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I, um, I I got a wonderful, wonderful education about what the what the world actually looks like comparatively, um, which is one of the reasons why I love drawing the maps the way that I do, because they are fantasy. They are representational. And it's just having fun. You want your map to tell the story of the world that you're all playing in. This is where we get into the wonderful fantasy part of this. Um, your map tells a story, and it tells a story that your players are reading as they play in this world. Um, you talk about the history, you talk about the events that occurred before your players got there, how those ruins got there, how they ended up in a dungeon. Like there's this whole lore that your, your dungeon master is building. And their maps should inspire that kind of story. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter if in this world there wouldn't be a river on either side of a mountain or whatever. Who cares? That has nothing to do with the story. And if that's what your focus is, then you're focusing on the wrong things. Instead, you should go, why is there a river on both sides? I mean, clearly that is a <laughs> spring where the great water wizard um, Thermorandriel uh, cast her great spell that caused all the water in the world to run backwards for 45 minutes. Right. Which means it ran uphill. <laughs> because yeah. that's the only or, backwards that works or, or, water. You know, <laughs> somebody called down lightning right in this valley near the tip top of the mountains and opened a natural spring there and because it was right in the middle it couldn't decide so it did both right it was like you gravity know gravity was equal on both sides yes Pretty much. I mean, there's technically a real world explanation for just about everything that you find in fantasy. And if not, who cares? We can call down lightning wherever we want. So who cares? Right. Exactly. You can, a druids, uh, 500,000 druids went over and lifted a tremendous plateau in the middle of a continent so they could all live on it because they want, they were tired of your asses. Uh-huh. And whole, didn't that, want to, yeah. <laughs> They all use their mold, their mold earth to get away yes. from your whiny ass. Right. So, yeah, now there's this gigantic 500-mile uh, plateau in the middle of the continent. Deal with it. I like <laughs> Write it. Write a story about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and to actually get there, um, when it's my own maps, I traverse them uh, through my imagination. So I actually get mm -hmm. to know the people that live there. I have cultures. I write stories about it. I literally write a story um, as if I'm an explorer creating the map, one, mm -hmm. uh, and two, writing about the people and the, the uh, terrain and everything that I come in contact with or animals and stuff. That's very cool. Yeah. Cool. I write stories for all of the maps I make, which is hilarious because I used to never share them until I actually made an antidote, uh, annotated, whatever. I can't say this word. Um, yeah, that was right. All right. Um, map. And then everyone's like, oh, why don't you add this to all your maps? I'm like, I don't know. I wasn't thinking anyone would care. Oh, but they do. <laughs> now I know this. Yeah, so. everybody wants to know what's going on in your head when you're doing it. No, they it. don't. No, they don't. They, <laughs> they think, think they, they do. do. Yeah. <laughs> your head sure looks interesting. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I try. Oh, um. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the physical process? 
like like where do you start with a map do you start on paper do you start electronically i used to draw um completely on paper because i am visually impaired um let's take that back a little bit um because I can only see out of one eye, I actually lack depth perception. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first started drawing and I would be asked by my teachers to draw what I see, I was drawing very flat looking uh, uh, sketches and everything because I didn't realize that there was depth to it. Um, our brain is what interprets de- uh, depth. Mm-hmm. So Anyone who is born with the ability to see out of both eyes creates a field in a, um, in a semicircle, which I do not. So when I first started drawing, I had a lot of problems trying to, um, yeah, everybody covers their eyes and goes, I don't know. It doesn't look different. Um, It does. It it does to me. Like I can definitely tell a difference when I have like one eye covered, like it's very hard to also I'm, I have my death perception is awful anyways. (laughs) Um, but you know, because our, our brain sees it, we actually need to go about three to five days without having vision in one eye for you to understand how flat it looks to people like me. Mm. Um, but when I started, um, because of this, it makes, um, it makes it so your brain doesn't separate like an image, um, over another. So if there's a reflection on the surface of a screen or a tablet, I can't tell the difference between the image that's actually on the monitor and the reflection. Oh, oh interesting. Yeah. So unfortunately, technology to draw on tablets couldn't figure out a way around this. And oh, so all yeah. everything I... Yeah. Glare is your mortal enemy. Ah, well, it was until um, I know it's pronounced Wacom, but that just sounds wrong. So I'm going to call it Wacom and I don't I care. I the same thing. Thank you. It's, it's not Wacom. <laughs> no, it's Wacom. According to according to the company, it's Wacom, which is always nope. like you can't do. It's nope. Wacom. Thank I hope they think they're wrong. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're, they're just like the person who says uh, GIF is pronounced GIF. Wrong. Nope, that's just yeah. not how it works. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Um, <laughs> you're all going to get hate mail over that, though. But anyhow, uh, <laughs> it's Jeff, I tell you. Sure. Bring it. It's Bring it. We will yeah. die on this hill. That's the Oxford <laughs> comma. I will die yeah. on both those hills. Yes, so will I. Um, oh, my God. But I've yeah, had, but... I've had so many work documents, and I'm like, these need more commas. Right? This is so wrong. Not really understanding what's going on here, um, especially for readers, because my reader reads that all as one sentence. So it loves to group things like the red, yellow, blue crayon. And I'm like, there's a red, yellow, blue crayon because there's no commas. Mm. So it's hilarious reading a lot of things that people tweet to me. And I'm like, God, I really wish you used punctuation. punctuation. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Um, I've never been so excited that I prefer to tweet in complete grammatically correct sentences. Yeah, readers, I absolutely loathe people who don't use punctuation. I, because I you sh- can't stop your reader from reading a paragraph of no pauses. Yes. I will substitute short, like if I'm running out of characters, I'll put a U instead of Y-O-U or an R because it's going to sound the same. Well, it'll say letter U. Right, but you know. Oh. Okay. Right. So for a reader, 
Well, it depends. Um, some of ours are getting finally getting a little bit more advanced that it understands like particular slang or particular odd spelling of things. Hmm. So, yeah. But, I learned something I was told previously. But, you know, um, one reader could be different than another. So, yes. Yeah. So, it depends so on what you're using. Wacom. 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 Yeah. Yes. Um, however, Wacom made, finally made um, two two years ago, I want to say, um, made the Q, uh, 27QHD model um, that has a fantastic surface on it that feels like paper. Oh, wow. It actually makes a scratching noise when you draw on it. And it has very little glare compared to most tablets out there. So um, I instantly bought it and been have been teaching myself to draw digitally from the get-go first mm. instead of drawing on paper scanning it and then uh adding other things in cleaning in up the digitized version yeah i still draw exactly the same as i do on yeah. paper because i am not a digital artist and i have no problem with anyone that is by the way one is not superior than the other artwork is uh what comes out of it and that's all that matters to me yep it's just However, you accomplish it's just it. a different mode. Right, yeah. right. exactly. Um, so one isn't better than the other, but I I only know how to do traditionally on paper. So that's how I just draw on my tablet. I can't draw on my tablet. <laughs> They're not easy. I can't do the whole like you look at your monitor and your hand draws like somewhere over here. Well, like I, I don't can't have do a, that. Yeah. I don't have a drawing tablet either. Yeah, I have to. I draw on the drawing tablet. There's no way to do but, it. But I mean, I can't really draw on paper either. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is you can't really draw. Period. I, I, I mean, I I don't know. I used <laughs> to be able to, um, like when I was in high school, I took all the art classes, and I was pretty decent, like right. at, at the steel arts and everything. But like, I I, I mean, part of you know the the. the mental health like anxiety depression and forget stuff like and find motor coordination like i try now because i have this drawing that i did to my grandpa way back when and i'm like i can't replicate it like i just you have to you have to practice it yeah. it is yeah. like any instrument that you could possibly use i literally know if i've gone like too many days without drawing because i don't know where to start mm -hmm. i mm -hmm. redraw everything for a good oh god how i don't even Sometimes days. Sometimes it takes me days of just drawing crap to finally get back into kind of like writing. Yeah, because yes. with writing you have to write every day, like something every day. Yes, or or just... read something in editor mode every yes. day. Everything is in editor mode, Paige. I am blessed <laughs> with the ability to turn off editor mode. Oh God, that would be nice. You know that little paragraph mark you can click on Word to turn off all the the. Uh, mm -hmm paragraph marks in the format yep. yeah. yeah formatting I actually have that in my brain <laughs> i can just click <laughs> it and it goes off i'm gonna need you to teach me how to install that plugin uh, i'll do what i <laughs> that's can a it's a huge patch it takes a long time to download yeah yeah right. like most software it might conflict with what you already have in there mm -hmm. yeah that's yeah. probably gonna probably gonna yeah and then i'll forget then I'll forget that you don't put an apostrophe in the middle of DMs. Right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's, 
sorry. That's my most common thing lately is like uh, events setups or going to send out some kind of thing to all of the DMs for an event. And I'll be like, all right, great. This looks great. But go in here and remove every single apostrophe. <laughs> You'll put them back if you need to. Spell not, right. let you know. Not a single apostrophe on this page belongs because they're all in like DMs, GMs. Yeah. Yeah. Plural, not possessive. You have got it wrong. Yes. We do not <laughs> yeah, use apostrophes to pluralize. But sometimes the brain wants what the brain wants. It's hard to. Yeah. Hard to. So, uh, so you're you're learning how to draw digitally, and I, uh -huh. you know, I know uh, for a fact that actually Dyson has, uh -huh. in the last couple of years, taken that same step as well, and it has been fraught. Yeah. Um, we actually have had uh, a couple of conversations in which we both laugh about it. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> uh, it's actually, the funny thing is, is what, um, what started both of us mm -hmm. um, kind of getting into doing things digitally was I started taking them, my line drawings and mm -hmm. putting them on digital papers, mm -hmm. which I thought, you know, it was kind of cool. And I was doing that for his too. Mm -hmm. just to have fun with it because I needed the practice. Mm -hmm. um, and he's like, those look really good. I was like, thank you. And I was like, you should totally do it because I'm not going to keep doing them for all of yours. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just doing it for practice. He's like, I know. I was like, all right, as long as you know. Um, but yeah, we're, we've both had that conversation where it's yeah. like, oh, going from paper to digital. And I was like, well, I kind of spoiled myself and I bought a really, really nice tablet to mm -hmm. do it i didn't want to well one i couldn't i couldn't go the cheap route even if i had wanted to mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so i was like yeah I, I it's your job though you need the right tools yeah. yeah yeah it's an investment it's just as important as having a good work computer it's just as important yep. as having a car to get to and from your place of business yeah this exactly se several grand setup that i have going on here yeah yeah <laughs> So Grand is in the candy bar? Or? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, when I had understood at one point you had a commission backlog that went years. Are you still in that spot? For uh, years? No. Yeah, it, it, okay, so what happened was. What happened was. <laughs> what happened was. So my maps took anywhere from two to six weeks to create, mm -hmm. depending on how much detail is involved. Right, right. Um, so I averaged them out to about a month, um, to do everything so I can, you know, um, and I was only taking commissions up until, so basically 12 people, cause that's a year mm -hmm. and then critical role happened <laughs> and I felt bad and I was like, well, I'm sure I could, you know, I'll just open them up for like a couple of days and it'll be fine. Well, I woke up the next morning to over 30 something people had signed up to get commissions. And I was like, oh, um, I need to close these. I need to close these now. Because, <laughs> Turn them off. No yeah. one to shut them all down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I ended up with almost a backlog of four years, mm -hmm. um, which I actually made it through the majority of them. And then. Oh, last November, December, I was like, I'm down to like, um, I had less than 10 people. And I'm like, I just can't do this anymore. I literally have been doing nothing but commissions. Mm -hmm. 
whether it's professionally uh, uh, for um, bigger names or for patrons or, you know, this list. And I feel like I'm doing none of my own artwork. Mm-hmm. So um, thankfully enough, um, almost everyone understood. Um, of course, I mean, there's no way somebody wouldn't be angry. And I totally understand, understand and told them, like, listen, I like however I could possibly make this up to you. If I can, I will. But there's no way it's happening right now. Yeah. You know, this is this is years of me working night and day, 16 hour days trying to get this done and do other projects so I can make a living. Mm-hmm. You know, right. That's the hard part. And that's stressful. Yeah. Very yes. stressful. Um, I almost wanted to stop doing cartography. Wow. That's yeah. Not good. Yeah. And the moment that I, I started, I, I spent probably about two weeks. Well, 2020 was a disaster for everybody. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Period. Full stop. Yes. Um, I had a lot of, of personal things going on. I am. Mm-hmm. I unfortunately lost um, some members of my family. Oh, I'm um, so sorry. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, I had to deal with that. Um, I, I, before COVID hit, um, I was already in, um, confinement because of my primary immune disorder. Mm-hmm. I was having a really, really horrible flare up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't allowed off my own property, which is just excellent. Um, and so long before everyone else, like a good eight months, almost before everyone else ended up in lockdown, I already was quarantined. So by by the time December came around, I was like, I'm done. I hate the world. I don't want to do this anymore. And, um, and I realized that I needed to stop that, take Mm -hmm. a, take a step back and start doing projects that I really enjoy again, which I started doing this year. So I love it. Great. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not leaving. So that person out there who feels that they can't escape my name, guess what? You're stuck you with it. Can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like they're going of, to be watching this, right? Yeah. Well, so who what, knows? Maybe. What kind of projects bring you joy? What are these projects you want to do that that make your heart happy? Oh, I, I so, I'm so excited. Um, so I have two huge projects that I really want to hopefully accomplish this year. One of which is to do a. Um, a world building class from a cartographer's perspective. I saw that on your website. It looked really neat. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm so, mm, I really want to do this for a lot of reasons. One, because um, when I do work with people, uh, so I do one-on-one sit downs with patrons and go over their maps and I tell them what their map tells me about their world. Mm-hmm. And it ends up giving them ideas on to explain particular features or to fill in areas that they were struggling with what to put there. Um, so what I wanted to do was start world building and explaining how your planet's um, complete history from beginning to modern day um, shapes what it looks like, which I thought would be a really cool way of, of and you can actually do this in a really kind of quick way. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't take months upon months of writing right. lore. Um, and it actually is sort of, um, so I get to plug someone else here because I love what he does. So Tony Dowler 
mm-hmm. makes a how to host a dungeon game. Okay. Okay. Which is a fun uh, game that you basically get to play by yourself if you want to create a dungeon for your players to go through. Mm-hmm. It'll help you figure out like where to have um, whatever treasures, how to find them, how to what to have where. It's just a really fun and great way to kind of like build a dungeon. That sounds fun. Yeah. So um, I loved this concept and I want to be able to kind of create something, but on a, a world level. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to go into like fine details of little areas, but it'll be enough that you'll actually feel a lot more confident in world building mm-hmm. and creating a map based off of that. Yeah, that class actually looked really cool. I was uh, yeah. I was considering signing up for it. Oh, I hope so. I'm sure it sell out just like that, though. I hope so. I mean, the majority of the people that sign up for my Patreon are there for my cartography class. And it does go into some bit of world building. Mm-hmm. It'll be in the same um, um, tier on my Patreon. Um, simply because it's just so much... Um, they're just hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So... Um, but that's, it's, it's a lot of fun and I just need to, um, get caught up on some projects and then I get to start recording all of it. So, so what's your, what's your other big project or your other thing that's bringing you joy? Um, so speaking of writing, um, I have a character called Rue the cartographer, um, Mm -hmm. and I actually created a class for her. You can, uh, well, I have to update it because I keep forgetting. Uh, you can download the, um, oh, I just blanked. The PDF character from sheet. The character sheet. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Character sheet. Um, you can download it. I even sell minis of her, but I actually want to start writing her stories. Cool. Oh, okay. So she is a plain traversing um, cartographer. And she actually goes from world to world and experiences different things. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a patron... A saint called the Wandering Mistress, which I also want to write a bunch of lore and have fun doing that with. Um, and then she's gonna—I <laughs> want to make little postcards from oh, all the maps cute. that I make. That's <laughs> cute. Yeah. Are you assembling this into like a big, pretty color picture book, like a coffee table um, book? I'm thinking, I wasn't. Have you, have you seen Dinotopia? Have you seen those books? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like. Regardless, it's kind of like a big coffee table book about a completely yes. fantastic place. I I originally was thinking I would make it a book, but I now realize that there's no, I want it to be an ever growing mm. um, project. Um, so I have like a website called Rue Adventuring Company mm-hmm. that is right now is just a placeholder because I just want to have fun hiring adventures. Yeah. And so I actually want to post things on there from Rue asking mm-hmm. other adventurers to give her, you know, go out into this area, find this or tell me information on it. And just something that if a DM is ever like stuck for something for his players to do, you have this. Oh, I like cute. that. Yeah. 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 So a little bit of fun, a little bit of world building and it's not just drawing, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's good to flex all your creative muscles. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and then everyone can just insert me in their game because why not? Because we cannot escape your name. (laughs) Oh, sorry. (laughs) I mean, 
that's how you know that you've made it, right? They put all these people as NPCs in the world of Warcraft. And right. We have all these yeah. self inserts into D and D as well. Elminster, looking at you. <laughs> I mean, I personally think other. You know, I need. Yeah, I'm just gonna have to have other people insert me into their games. Although Satine Phoenix did, she put me in her one of her games, so that was Aww. awesome. Yeah, uh, as a cartographer. Sure. Yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. I have some people uh, in some games I've been running. They're new player games, and they're like. How do we get maps? We don't know how to make maps. We should learn how to make maps. We're going to get lost. So <laughs> what what also might be good is... I. So I sell a lot of stuff on the DMs Guild. It's just a place yeah. where wizards will take a cut and li- allow you to host their stuff. But you use their IP. You can use Forgotten right. Realms and whatever. Um, it might be interesting to publish a game supplement that's Rue the Cartographer's Book of Quests or something. And have so, like a bunch of quest seeds in there, so that we set it up for for the DMs that way, or you set. Well, it up. yes, but part of this project is me collaborating with some other people, which oh. is why it can't unfortunately be that way. Okay. Yeah, there's some there's some fun, hopefully. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> And Jenny's like, if you need any more writers, like Paige and I have room in our schedule at the end of the year. Wait, hold on. Oh, at the end of the year. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, <laughs> you're destroyed right now. I'm destroyed right now. I'm figuring yeah. past midsummer. Oh yeah. No. Um, my my hope. One of the reasons I was like, oh, it'd be better if it was a continuous project. Mm-hmm. Was if anyone wanted to jump in, they could. Ah. So cool. it would be based on everyone else's schedule as well, not just mine. Yeah. I can't. I can't talk to anyone until July. <laughs> Right, right. <sighs> so, so do you? I'd like to know a map you're particularly proud of, and I'd like to know why you enjoy that map so much and why you're proud of it so much. Yeah, oh, this is like picking a favorite. Child. I know. I, no, no, it's not your favorite. Pick a map you're proud of, and I assume that there are many. I assume yeah. there are many. Um, and so you I know can't that, say that, that, that but yeah. That would be a generalized what makes you proud of all of your favorite maps, all of your favorite children. Because yes. they're all your favorite. Um, I like almost all the maps that I do favorite. Um, there's only one that I favorite because it's just colorful and it's just fun, um, which is my Torsildor map, um, which is also based off of a, a patron's uh, commission. Mm-hmm. Um, what I love about all my maps is... Uh, the things that I get to insert of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I love to do is actually, like I said, is is feel like I am a stranger in a land um, writing about what goes on here. Um, so a perfect example is for the maps that I made for um, the wild map guide. Mm-hmm. In, in one of the uh, maps for a city... Um, I drew over a hundred um, market stalls, That's and I stalls. yeah, there's well, I I was told there's a lot going on there, so I drew them all, um, and because I I drew them all with having like little silk banners, I imagine that the um, locals nicknamed it the Silk Road <laughs> or the Sea of Silk. And so I, I add all things like that in there, like, um, 
just things that locals would call it or say, or things that I would notice um, from the information that someone gives me for it. Mm-hmm. Just like having all the tiny uh, details. Sorry, that takes me back to an interview I did recently with Marco Bernardini, um, mm-hmm. who's been doing uh, maps for Anne Gregerson's uh kickstarter and a bunch of other stuff and like the level of detail that some of you get into you just zoom in zoom in zoom in zoom in (laughs) and you're like all of these stalls have names yes yes they do and that's Uh, why digital is so much fun because you can zoom in that far well you can make that on you just need a very large scanner no um as somebody who started doing all this uh, on paper, I used to have a um, pen. So Copic Markers makes pens and they're archival ink, which means you literally could could douse them in water and they might fade a little bit, but they don't they don't blend or uh, smear. Mm-hmm. And I love them for it. Um, but they make a pen so small that it's a 0.003. Oh, wow. And yeah. And I have videos on my Instagram where you actually see me drawing with this pen, these itty bitty little ships and everything else. I have magnifying glasses over the paper that I used to draw them on. Um, So you can draw almost all of these maps on paper without zooming in. Well, you have a magnifying glass, but that's as far as that goes. Paige, if I got one of those, I might finally be able to put the pupils right in the middle of the miniature eyes. Let's not talk wild stuff here. Yeah, I mean, let's be a little realistic, okay? You gotta get a couple of dots of white, and then, like, a black dot somewhere. (laughs) Yes. Somewhere. I mean, relatively where the eyes are. That had both eyes going in the same direction. Like, it's just never happened for me. Um, I mean, well, all adventurers have seen some things, so this makes sense. Yeah, it's fair. (laughs) One of my uh, one of the the people that I love to follow, I can't think of their name. All of a sudden, they're going to shoot me. That's um, okay. They paint all of their minis where they're side eyeing you, so the eyes don't have to perfectly be forward. Oh no, the that's good. Just, oh, really? yeah, I like I'm that. Do it. I was like, oh, that's smart. <laughs> Wish I had thought of that, but I don't paint minis, so it's fine. But yeah, no, I've tried. I'm like, no, I'm already blind. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not add to it. Oh God, that is true. Um, yeah. Okay. So, um, when you when you look at other people's maps, what you'd mentioned that you look at it to see what story it tells. What kind yes. of um, what kind of elements of the map tell those stories? Um, like, what are you so looking of- for when you look at somebody else's map? Right. Um, I mostly start off with my earth science knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I'll do is I'll like, um, I'll tell them what side of the, the mountains that they would have the most weather on um, why there would be a swamp in that area. Um, I start off just basically telling them um, how, um, what their weather would be like in their world based on their geography. Mm -hmm. Um, What, kind of terrain or what kind of difficulty their their um, villagers would have 
tra traversing terrain. Mm -hmm. I tell them why there would or wouldn't be a city or a town or a village in an area, even though it's like, oh, it's a grassland. So to be farming. No, not exactly. Yeah. And yeah. And then I tell them like, this is what it looks like where your fault lines are or yeah where it looks like, you know, you would actually have a desert here and this is why. Or there's so a construction zone here or mountain buildings yeah. right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So I try and give them like an idea of like what it tells me. And if, if these factors aren't there naturally, then that tells me you've, you, you've had, you have cliffs in this era, you've had seismic activity within the, you know, the last few thousand years. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's probably still active. There should be a volcano here somewhere. Or, you know, like I'll tell them like their rough um, coastlines, what it tells me about the water in their area sure, and, sure. and their currents. And that means your sailing should be from this from this direction. And so I like to give them like a lot more of what their map actually says. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they're like, oh, well, then I should I could I could put in trading lines here. I was like, yeah perfectly and it would yeah. make sense yeah. even though none of your players know any of this <laughs> yeah but, but it's it's good story. that you know to have that where you can back it up and be like well the reason that this right. is a heavily traded route is because right well the other thing is we'll look at a map or it's just like looking at any picture and look at it like wow there's just something off but i don't know what mm -hmm. and it's things like that that we're like oh that that's because, and unfortunately, it's because we learn, we get a bit of knowledge on something and we think that that's absolute, which is why there are people that do look at maps and go, oh, no, there's no way that that a, a lake would have more than one contributing river. That happens all the time. God, though. they've never been to I, Tennessee. I <laughs> <laughs> it, it does. Um it also has, uh, people don't understand that there are lakes that are filled by underground springs. There are things that are snow melt. It's seasonal. You can't tell when this map was drawn. It doesn't tell you this season. Mm -hmm. Like, so there's so many other factors involved. Right. Um, so it's, it's hilarious. And then try and explain, like, you do know that every map you're looking at is in the past, right? Yeah. It's a snapshot of history. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. But, and I love doing those. Those are probably my absolute favorite to do. Yeah. I love one-on-ones with people because it's just like, yes, this is what your map says. <laughs> that being able to look through it through that lens is a real gift. Real mm -hmm. gift. Oh, it's, it's so much fun because I get to build lore with people, mm -hmm. which is probably one of my, it's like my second favorite thing other than to I draw maps. I love doing that. Like somebody yes. once, they're like, you should charge people for like the world building and advice you do on your show. And I'm like... No, it, it, it brings me, well, because it's just like, we'll be talking about something that they've done and I'll be like, oh, did you think of this? It'll just be like little things, right? So we're not, it's not like the goal of it. It'll just be like. Oh, so in other words, it's worthless. I see how it is. It's not worthless, but like, <laughs> you know. Like if you wanted to open up a console, a lore oh, and world building consultation service. No, that I could. Yeah. But like, but you know, like the the odd comment here and there on my show, like the joy of talking to them is. But is that's enough. what Patreon is for. That's the that's the yeah. awesome thing about what it does. I do need to do that eventually. I just yeah. am. I've been too lazy to set up the Patreon. <laughs> so uh, so you know, coming soon, TM. Coming soon. I'm yeah. ready. I'll I'll subscribe. 
so there's a lot of cool mapping software out there. Incarnate, Dungeon Scrawl, Dungeon Draft, Fantasy Cartographer, and so campaign on. So cartographer, the- camp- <laughs> campaign Cartographer. Or Campaign Cartographer, the Fantasy Cartographer. Um, <laughs> I think Fantasy Cartographer is like one of the modules in it or something. I believe it is, but Campaign Cartographer is less mapping software and more computer architecture design. <laughs> it is. It is. It is absolutely a shell on CAD. Like, I've done enough AutoCAD in my time right. to recognize it when I see it. I would not, um, I would not recommend it unless you know AutoCAD. Yeah. yeah. Like, yes. I do know some AutoCAD, and I found it really intimidating. It makes no beautiful doubt. maps if it you're does. good at AutoCAD. So what do you what do you think of all these different um, mapping programs and kind of the democratization of mapping in the sense that any idiot can get on there and slap a map together and incarnate? Oh, I that's am awesome! That idiot, by the way, <laughs> no, I love all those idiots. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, I think I think all of those are great. However, however you want to um, tell a story or create mm. uh, something for your players to feel immersion in, I am a hundred percent for. Um, I don't think that they're they're stealing jobs from cartographers or artists or anything else, um, because no matter I, I actually get a lot of people when they want me to do a commission for them, they will um, give me something from like Incarnate or one of the other programs. Because no matter what, there's it doesn't look hand drawn, no. and people are coming to me for art as much as yeah. I I joke about it. Um, they're coming to me for to literally make a snapshot of a campaign, a memento, and a memory, and that's where artists really come in. There's nothing out there that's going to to replace that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I'm I'm all for them. I love them. Um, again, it, and the other thing is, it's really hard to find the time to. I can't make maps for everyone. Yep. No, and I think the thing about those tools is like a majority of the people using them, otherwise would just not have a map because right. And so it's not like it's this demographic of people who would pay for maps who are all of a sudden making their own. Maybe a little right. bit, but it's the people who otherwise <laughs> would just be running. Well, uh, I'm not very good at drawing, so I'm just going to put up a blank Roll20 screen and we'll just imagine it. Right, exactly. You know, I, I'm all for whatever tools that you need, what anything that you want out there. Um, I love watching... Um, uh, I love watching uh, or somebody giving me their really horribly drawn maps. Oh, I've got some of those. You know, and they're all like, oh, I'm so sorry. It's like, you don't have to ever apologize. First of all, my first map was absolutely horrible as a matter of fact my hundredth map was really really bad trust me uh it takes a lot of time and practice and i and you know i know earth sciences so i have an easier way to fill everything in and not feel like i'm lost of what to put there Mm. um but no i think they're great and i love uh i love seeing where the technology goes Mm -hmm. um and I, I would love to, um, I would love to maybe one day like get uh, as close as I can to getting my own artwork and style, yeah, made into something like that. So uh, I don't know. It's that's a double-edged sword. Back to my dearly beloved Dyson, 
Uh-huh. His style is so distinctive that yes, there are Dyson-esque styles on at Dungeon least two Scrawl. or three. Well, Dungeon Scrawl, yeah, but like um, Dungeon Draft has a Dyson-esque yes. setting as well. Oh, here's the thing, though. Um, I plan on hopefully doing something similar to this when I personally can no longer draw. Mm-hmm. And I'll be the one hopefully selling it. Yeah. So right. either way, my art continues and I as an artist am being credited and paid for it with any luck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm and I'm I'm all for that. But I already have people that try and mimic my style now, which mm-hmm. um by the way, people, hey, guess what? <laughs> That's not flattery. That's just theft. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and also, I feel bad for these people because they constantly get, oh, I guess you took Devin's cartography class. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, please don't do that. Because, you know. Uh, yeah. But people are going to do it no matter what. Unfortunately, right. Dyson, uh, I mean, it does mean that Dyson has an awesome style that everyone wants to mimic. Mm-hmm. Downside is everyone's mimicking Dyson's style. Yeah. But he still has a ton of work. Yeah, he does. Because yes. people I, out I there love. Absolutely adore his maps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely adore them. Yes. He's actually one of the reasons why I run my Patreon the way I do. Yeah. Where um, people get free maps of the black and white version of my maps is available free to everybody. Mm-hmm. Nice. Because Dyson does that. And I was like, oh. That's what I want out of this community. Yeah. Yeah. So we all get to share. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I love that idea. So. Um, so we are running near the end of the show. But, um, you know, so you mentioned your classes. And um, so you do cartography classes. But um, so that kind of helps people get into it. So what do you recommend uh, tools or otherwise for budding cartographers? Um, advice for anybody looking to get started into the field? Um, well, I really jokingly want to say, don't run, run while you can. <laughs> That's what we say about writing. Yes. Yeah. Don't get into it. Um, make a small fortune writing D and D and other game products. I can tell you how to do it. Start right. with a large fortune. <laughs> yes. Start with money you already have from something else. <laughs> um, no, uh, to start, I, do, I tell everyone the same thing. Start incredibly small. Do not overwhelm yourself. It is so easy to start drawing a world map and get so involved with what you're trying to make it into and the lore and everything else. Don't. Have several papers layered over each other where you draw just the coastline, just the mountains, just the river, or layers in, a, in digitally. Um, and write the lore depending on how you need it to be instead of trying to force it, these two things together, because it just doesn't work sometimes. Mm-hmm. But also remember your map doesn't dictate the people that live there. True. It Good doesn't. Point. Good point. Yeah. Your map doesn't, you don't have to name it and color it black, the big black scary forest in order for it to actually be a big black scary forest. As a matter of fact, it would make more sense that the locals would call it something else. Dimwood or something. Yeah, right. Um, you know, it's kind of like, I love this. With all the things that, that Tolkien decided to do, he named it Mount Doom. <sighs> like, I got lots to say on Tolkien, but sure. Right. 
but that's a whole you know, other show. A, that's a yeah. <laughs> but yeah, start off small and, and, you know, your map doesn't have to exactly reflect what's going on. And besides that spoils it for your players, they already know to avoid it or to go running in it. <laughs> yeah. Map doom is not something a player will leave alone on a map. Right. So <laughs> if you want them to bypass every small town that might have a fun little thing to go, don't name something Mount Doom because your players are instantly going to gravitate towards that. Yeah. Instead, call it Mount, I don't know, Fluffy Bunnies. Uh, they'll still migrate towards that. Yeah. Give it a local name. Something, something you know, Mountain uh, ambiguous. Yeah. Yes. You know, and Mount, that works Mount better. Mount Fletcher, very just bland. Yeah. yeah, I like to name things like what sounds like a local dialect. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this way, they're like, "What does that mean?" Go find a local and ask. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's a good plan. Gives me time to think of what the hell I should name that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Mount Doom. It means Mount Doom. <laughs> but you don't know that until you get to the village near to it. Right, exactly. So it's perfect. So, you know, then they'll tell you it's, you know, obscure mountain. <laughs> Don't go there. I like it. I like it. Well, thank you so much for oh, taking a little time a to talk to us. And uh, thank you for allowing us a little peek into your world. You have some cool yes. stuff going on. Thank you. I loved it. This was a lot of fun. Well, uh, Tell our our listeners, <laughs> if you would, uh -huh. how to find you on social media. <laughs> We're laughing because of the cannot escape her name joke. Yes. Yeah. So literally just type in Devin Rue, D-E-V-E-N-R-U-E. And you'll find me apparently everywhere. You could just put it right into the Google. Right into the right. Google. Right into the Google. Thankfully enough, my website actually pops up as the first thing. So that's a good thing. That is um, definitely a good thing. Oh, yeah. Wait, just go on Twitter and type in maps. And I'm sure somebody's bitching about me or something <laughs> I've done. Uh, Facebook, pretty much the same. I'm sure there's a hate group for me on Facebook at this point. You know, I actually <laughs> did have a hate group for me on Facebook at one point, but they got sucked. Aww. I was a little bit disappointed, actually. Yeah. Kind of fun. Man. All right, Paige, where can everyone find you by typing your name? Uh, yeah, if you go to the Googles and type in Paige Lightman, that's L-E-I-T-M-A-N, apparently you'll find me. And one of the images in the top image search is me at about 25 years of age. It's Baby Paige Scientist. Yes, Aww. Baby Paige Scientist. So catch me on Google. <laughs> Um, and because, yes, 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 we did all determine before the show that we have easily Googleable names. You can also <laughs> just Google my name to find all of my social medias. Uh, Jenny Loveday, G-I-N-N-Y-L-O-V-E-D-A-Y. And my website pops up first, too, which is delightful. It means I'm doing it right. Yay. Um, actually, it's almost all of my social medias in a row, except apparently um, RPG Geek interrupts them with my designer page, which I'm okay with that. Right, yeah. 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 I mean, it's still you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the picture, yeah. pictures of me are great. Oh. Yeah. Well, all you have such good pictures from all your costuming and modeling on 
Insta, so... I try. Yeah. <laughs> you All can't my see. pictures are maps. You can't see, but I'm, like, fluffing my hair up, everybody. <laughs> she's, she's posing. <laughs> you can find the D&D Roundtable also on Google by Googling the D&D Roundtable. We, uh, we are on Twitter at D, the letter N, D, Roundtable. Facebook the same. Gmail the same. Please, if you can, give us a like on Facebook, leave us a review, iTunes as well, wherever you get your podcasts. We really appreciate your feedback and support. Yeah, and if you have suggestions on people you want to see, uh, well, here, here. <laughs> here on the show, um, then we're more than happy to take suggestions like that. Shoot us over an email. Um, we're especially looking for... Diverse voices um, who do cool things. Yep, we are interesting people. Do not suggest boring people. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. No <laughs> boring. Is, by the time somebody's like really into the D and D quote industry unquote, most of the boring people got left pretty far behind. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> That is true. Alrighty. Well, since we're actually past the outro, though, that is going to be it for this episode of the D&D Roundtable. And until next time. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.